Hey everybody, superfan Giovanni here. Welcome to Classic Love Line, episode 308, from December 3rd, 1996, a Tuesday night show, with returning guest Bobcat Goldthwaite. This is not only his alternate fan files, the audio on this one is okay, and Adam tells his corn story. They talk to caller Mike, who's actually the composer of the Love Line Boobville theme slash anthem, and then he plays the song for Bobcat. They gamble on a caller later in the show, all around a classic episode. Bobcat's one of the greatest guests in the show's history, and it's nice that we were able to release uh, another one of his 1996 visits in the feed. He'll have many more visits in 97, including the one with the infamous Aquabats walkout, about a half dozen others until Adam leaves the show in 2005. As per usual, it's recorded in 1996. Some of medical advice may be out of date. Please consult your own physician or contact Dr. Drew and Mike Catherwood on Current Day Loveline, 1-800-LOVE-191. Listener discretion is advised. You can follow us on Twitter at Podcast One, on Facebook, Podcast One there as well, and PodcastOne.com, the home of all your favorite podcasts. Mahalo and get on. The following program is a PodcastOne.com production. Before he never bothered to attend because in Rambo 2 he goes, uh, duh, do we win this time? And I said, what, the soccer championships? Oh. You're going to take the ladies <laughs> all the way? And then I talked about his porn film, which is a lot funnier than anything I will ever do. I never saw that. Did oh, you it's see good. that? It really holds up. Really? Yeah, he's, well, I can't believe you don't have, you don't have it. Yeah. No, let me tell you something. I do not go for the novelty porn. I'm a porn purist. Yeah, that'd probably bum you out. I was like, hey, this is Stallone. Yeah, it would be too much of a distraction because I have to picture myself in wherever the guy is. And right. uh, I can do it with an anonymous face, but to swap out with Sly would be a, even, well, a stretch not as, even for my imagination. Well, he's not as cut as he is, you know, in this. He's kind of he's doughy. Right. And well, he doesn't have a big fatty, and then he does his wiggly dance completely naked. But do they, do they show his prong and everything? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, okay. Well, I'll have to rent that. All right. A uh, little business, and then we'll uh, get to Bob, and we'll get to the phones. Tomorrow night, uh, comedian Robert Schimmel is in. Uh, Bob, I'm sure you uh, know his work. Yeah, I'm familiar with him. Very funny man. Funny guy. And uh, he'll be in tomorrow night. Also, then uh, Thursday night will be the Wild Colonials. And then next week, we have Corn, Fiona Apple, Mike Judge, and Garbage. Thank big you. week. Yeah, very big couple weeks. Thanks for sparing us the corn uh, chant. Oh, wait no, 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 please. Yes, no, no. I have to. I, please, I have to hey, tell Bob, the story. He, he thinks this is funny. <laughs> no, I don't think it's funny. It's just amusing. When I was in uh, Minneapolis for the fabulous uh, Edge Fest out there some months back, I had to do about 30 on-stage appearances to bring out bands. And there were about 30,000 people out there. And, Bob, uh, I know you've been on stage many times, and I know you've opened for many a band. Yeah, but, yeah, yeah. I mean, you've opened for like Nirvana and, and, and all the cool ones, right? Yeah, you know, and, the, and can I just say, the kids love me. Yeah. <laughs> it's a tough crowd when there's 30,000 of them and they're loaded and you're up there dodging uh, Birkenstocks and Jägermeister oh, bottles. I wish. And How about an M80? The, <laughs> I got really? an M80 on the side of the head. Really? I got hit in the head once with a Walkman and a Bible. But keep going. Let me hear your corn story. <laughs> so I'm up there on stage, and I'm, you know, I'm bringing, I'm, I'm out there for like my fifth time, and the crowd is initially. They're it, excited to see you, but right. no longer is it a big thrill. Right. It, the first two times, it's Adam Carolla from Love Line, and eh, it's worth a clap. But by the fifth time, it's just the guy with the nappy hair and the uh, big teeth, and who's, we're seeing uh, him again. Who's not the band? Right. And so I'm out there, and the band, the crowd is yelling for corn. 
They love corn. The whole festival crowd is going nuts for corn. And Iggy Pop is playing this thing, and No Doubt is playing this thing, and Everclear is playing this thing, but they're all going nuts for corn. Corn's not coming out for about two hours, and the crowd just starts yelling corn. So I'm on the uh, PA system, which is just mammoth amplifiers behind me, and I just yell, Corn! And the crowd yells, Corn! And then I go, We got it. We got it. This went back and forth about 15 times, and meanwhile, Corn is in their, you know, doing drugs in their trailer, going, "We're not going on for another two Yeah, hours. yeah, yeah, yeah. And the crowd is whipped into a frenzy, and then I bring on uh, like a Herman's Hermits or something and run off the stage. But uh, huge band. This well, that's corn. the thing. If you, yeah, you can't you can't do that not unless you know the band is in the gate. Right. Unless the, you know that they're ready to go. I would talk right up until I'd actually hear uh, the Nirvana's playing. Right. And later on in the evening, I tried to bring out Iggy Pop, and I got to the mic the same time Iggy did, and all Iggy, 125 pounds of him, pummeled me, knocked me to the <laughs> stage floor, and just went uh, right into one of his songs. So, all right, so Corn. All right, Drew, ready yeah. to get some calls? Yeah. We got phone numbers out and all that. Uh, I don't think I've well, you know, I'm here right. to plug a comedy special, so I'm right. sure we're going to get a lot of, we got plenty a lot of, time. of suicide and rape calls and, tonight. And I don't think I've a... spoken to any of our callers since uh, last week sometime. All right. Last night I just sat back and let you and Kenny handle things. Drew, this is why affirmative action doesn't work, by the way. You ready to go? You got a call? Where's your stupid right board? What, I got eyes in the back of my head? Susan, 20, you're on Loveline. Hi. Hey. <laughs> um... Well, I have a problem. It is my crazy ex-boyfriend, as I tend to call him. He, um, I, we've been broken up for almost a year now, and he is still driving by my house, you know, leaving flowers on my doorstep, sending me stuff in the mail. How long have you been broken up? I'm sorry. Almost a year. A year. And yeah. this, did this start a start-up again, or? Uh, oh, no, it's has been, it been It's been consistent yeah. since he left. Every week. Um, yeah, he he lays off sometimes if I confront him real bad and uh, scream and yell. How often do you confront him? Would you say? As as much as possible. As, you know, yeah. I'm kind of scared of him. So have you ever tried just ignoring him completely? It nothing works. Nothing. Have I, you got I, a restraining order? No, I, I mean I've had the cops go up to his house before. And why don't you get a restraining order? I don't, because they said the stalker law or whatever, you have to have so many complaints and whatnot. All right. Well, if you if you documented everything, it seems like you'd have that sort of thing. Yeah. Right? Yeah, but leaving flowers, Drew, does not oh, really no, uh, make for a big case in court. Yeah. See, that's not that's not all he's done. Is he doing weird stuff oh, to your car? Yeah, he trashed uh, trashed my windshield wipers. Yeah, that's what I love. Yep. I'm telling you, the car is just a, a piece of you that you leave out in the driveway mm -hmm. for everyone to just beat the crap out of. The first thing that goes in a relationship after the breakup is the car. There it is. It's out there. What were the circumstances of the, of the breakup? He is a nut. <laughs> he was already a nut kid. Oh, yeah. He, he spazzed out on me numerous times, threw a lamp through the living room window. How long did you go out with him? Well, only seven or eight months. All right. It, 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 mm -hmm. the, uh, two words. Um, uh, actually, three words. Police intervention and attrition. And wait a minute. What the hell has Drew got I stuck just... to his pocket? <laughs> He's got like He's a... got a little stickers all over him. <laughs> My daughter did this. Yeah, you, you know, stick like... with that story. 
First thing you said when you saw me, you go, hey, Bob K., you want some stickers? No, way I could get no, no I'm a grown man. She, I told her I was going to the hospital to see sick people, but I'd show them the stickers. Oh, okay, I can go then. All right, we'll peel them off, Drew. Yeah, they're well, they're not cheering either Adam or I up. I'm sorry. Is that the code for doing the show? I'm going to go see my sick friends. Susan. Yeah. Susan, you got to tell the cops every time this wingnut comes by. Then, 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 then they'll have a, a history with him. I didn't finish telling you what he's done. All right, tell us something good that involves well, defecation. After, after, after the car thing, I, uh, you know, I confronted him about it. I knew he did it. And um, a few hours later, after I'd confronted him, he came up to me at the store, and it, someone had beat the holy hell out of him, or so it appeared. You know, black eye, bloody nose, the whole deal found out later he'd done it to himself to try and get out of it and got sent to the mental ward for a week so okay he's, he's a real so, uh, the guy's certifiable yes and you're partially certifiable for getting involved with him in the first hey, place he you, I oh do uh, please i didn't know i i do not externalize, Susan. It will get you nowhere in life. Take I some mean, responsibility. Yeah, people can make mistakes, but uh, just evaluate the <laughs> criteria used to develop your relationships. How often does he come by? Like, you know, if you have errands to run, you know, he could, like, bring your laundry and stuff. I mean, it's not all that bad, is it? I don't even want him around me. No, you bring, bring military force to bear. It, document everything. Consult with the police, get an attorney, bring it all down, call his caretakers, if he has a psychiatrist, whatnot, inform them what he's doing, and uh, just bring as much structure to bear as you possibly and, can. And my feeling is, is even, even if a guy's bell is, is cracked right up the side, you can still, if you just give them nothing. Yes, no Give contact. them nothing. Don't, don't call them off and, and call them, pardon me, call them up and tell them off, because right. that is a form of a relationship That's for right. crazy people. Getting yelled at right. is contact for a lot of people and a form of communication. Yep. So you just give them zero. Yep. Nothing. And bring a non-reaction. You're in a, you're in an isolated shell away from this guy. All right. Uh, Brian, 24, you're on Love Line with the fabulous Bobcat. Hey, guys. How you doing? Good. Hey, uh, Brian. Yes. Uh, how old do you think Bobcat is? Actually, I have that written down here. I'm guessing 38. Ooh. We're getting close. Not bad. Not but, bad. Uh, well, let's not give it away too early in the show. Yeah, let's not... Sure. Uh, all right. Also, uh, Adam, I want you to know that I'm in law school right now, so if you need any sort of legal representation or uh, to help set up Booville, rather, uh, I'm your man. Yeah, we're, we're uh, looking into that end of it. Because are, you, are you breaking ground yet on Booville? <laughs> yeah. We're <laughs> I'm, I'm actually having a uh, shovel bronze so we can uh, fly it out there to uh, Plentywood, Montana, near the Canadian border, where uh, Bobcat yeah, gets some uh, of his best I've work. I've been making a, a fine epic up there. But uh, let's, let's see what the hell's wrong with Brian. Brian? Okay, well, uh, uh, my problem is that my uh, eyebrow... Uh, 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 just one eyebrow has started losing hair right in the middle, <laughs> and uh, the, uh, and it sort of coincided with when I had a meatectomy done. Me meatotomy? Uh, yeah, that's it. Because right. one's a penis enlargement. Yeah, a meatectomy. <laughs> meatectomy. You had your meat removed? That's a meat removal. That's right. That's what that I had would part be. of the meat removed. Me you had, you had the hole opened up. That's right. Right. In what? In the penis. Well, basically, what happened really? was yes. uh, uh, my urine stream started getting smaller. Right. Uh, and then the next thing I knew, I couldn't go at all. But that's cool because it goes further, right? <laughs> Except for the fact that I couldn't urinate for oh, 14 hours. Right. I, I, oh, you big baby. You act like that's a bad thing. <laughs> also, I just... I just you, if you, you can oh. drive to Vegas. You don't have to pull over. I just... I just... I somehow I'd forgotten about your stories about your friends who used to shoot pee all over the place. And, yes. And throw poo and everything. Thank you for bringing that oh, up, Drew. Christ. Oh, 
Well, I was hoping that uh, that I could do that. But, Wait, uh, so they're working around on your on your on your penis and your eyeball went your your eyebrow, eyebrow went right, bald right in the middle. Within the with it. No. Did you, you know, have within the next? Few, you should start uh, wearing hats. It started happening. It just started right. falling out. What kind of anesthesia did you have? Uh, lidocaine. So they just you were awake and they just put it in and that was yeah, that. Yeah, and it started wearing off about halfway through. Yeah, it was pretty painful. Oh, yeah. All right, it all right. Was look, unbelievable. Any any stress can cause <laughs> hair loss, typically on the scalp, but an eyebrow can occur too in patches. And let me explain: when they're doing a surgical procedure on your penis and the anesthetic starts wearing off, that uh, that counts as stress, by the way. Yeah. <laughs> and usually, if if it's a medication reaction, that sort of thing, actually, or, or hormonal changes, usually all the hair in your scalp starts falling out all at once. How do you do the surgery, Drew? I, did they just use a catheter or just go up there with a... With they a couldn't get a catheter in because what happened was uh, it had been uh, a stricturing. Did you have some... Did you have some kind of... A, did, did you have some kind of sexually transmitted disease at one time? No, that, never. That didn't trigger this whole thing? No. If, if anybody wants to know... When I was, uh, just, hang when I was young, uh, I had a, a cyst on my navel, and so they went in and fixed it, and I guess they had to insert something up my urethra. A catheter, yeah. Yeah, and that caused it to uh, develop scar tissue. Right, and just if anybody wants to know, uh, this can also be a complication of sexually transmitted diseases. I mean, these days, STDs seems like, other than HIV and whatnot, seem like no big deal because oh, if it's bacterial, hey, you take antibiotics, it's over. But guess what? There are things that can happen just like this. Does yeah. oh my. You know, he's more upset about losing his eyebrow hair than, yeah, than, than having something much. shoved up your penis. Right. I'm pretty much immune to anything about that now. Ryan, you got to prioritize, buddy. Yeah. Well, you know, don't they make merkins for your eyebrows? <laughs> they must. What's a merkin? A merkin is a patch of hair that you would, like, wear like a toupee on your crotch. It's a toupee. For, uh, it's a crotch toupee. Like vanilla ice over here. It's kind of ridiculous. All right. He, uh, you ought to see a dermatologist. Sometimes local cortisone injections will help this come back quicker. Okay. okay. And as long as it's just part of the eyebrow, I'm sure it'll come back. Please tell me that great-looking hair and just spray your if, eyebrows. If it's lateral eyebrows, I mean the outside of the eyebrows on both sides, that's a sign of thyroid disease. So it's no, this is right in the middle. All right. So probably related to the stress. So go check with the dermatologist. Yep. Okay, thanks. Okay. All right. Bye-bye. I think he has bigger fish to fry with the penis. Katie, 18, you're on Loveline. Hi. Hey. Um, about a year ago, my parents found it, right, uh, found it in their own power to uh, search my room and kind of like make me look bad in front of my family and you know they found some condoms and you know they're kind of a catholic family so they're like oh you slut you hussy and so i took it upon myself to search their room when they were gone and i found i say at least a pound of weed and oh, i don't yes. know what to do about it oh, yes 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 uh-huh um, some of my friends suggested like take it out of their hiding spot and put it on top of the fridge and, and let them address it and uh um, something family. like that would be a. You got to call the cops right away. <laughs> you get your get those parents out of your life. Okay, here's the deal. You can though. be pulling a train around the clock. Katie. Yeah. Hey, when you have a pound, was it literally a pound well, of weed? You know, it was just a, a completely filled sandwich baggie. All right, that is not a pound of weed. I I, I don't know. I, I see. I'd be relieved that my daughter wouldn't know what uh, what a pound looks like. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, you'd be happier about that than you're having safe sex. Yeah, because that's like a lid and a half. A lid. I'm. 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 <laughs> hey, thanks for coming. Thanks for stepping out of the wayback machine. Um, I've tried to uh, talk to someone who's been a friend of the family, you know, since I was in diapers, and, and he's always, you know, they, both of them, have always been really helpful for me, and you know, because a while ago, a year ago, actually, what happened was uh, my stepdad is an alcoholic, 
and uh, he did something he shouldn't have. And when I told the family... What did he do? Um, he just, he did something he shouldn't have done. Hold on, we got a bet. Hold on a second, Katie. Well, of course we know what Hold on, I got money. You're going with molestation? He either touched her or exposed himself. I'm going to say ran a light. (laughs) All right, seriously, can we get some money out? I, I, I'm just want to know. I mean, did he did he physically assault her, or did he expose himself, or did he spy on her when she was in the shower, no, or something no, like something that? Much more interesting. All right, I'm going with spying. All right, Drew, you're going with actual feeling. No, well, exposing or you know intruding upon her. All right, Bob, get a dollar out. Yeah, okay, yeah, I want a piece of this. <laughs> all right, all right, all right. I'm here. You know, this is really going to promote the comedy special. All right, um, all right, Got Katie, just stay a put. Creepy stepdad call already. All right, uh, Bob. What are you going with? Uh, I'm going to say, uh, I'm, I'm, no, I'm praying that it was just exposing. All right, you're going with exposing. You're going with actual feeling, and I'm going with the come on. All right. The proposition. All right, we'll get to the bottom of this. Katie? Yeah. What do you do? Um, I was, I fell asleep next to, uh, like, a above seat in our, in our living room. My mom was asleep on the other couch, and he touched me. Yeah. All right. When he thought I was asleep. Thank you. That's horrible. Drew, did you get... Is that the touch? Yeah. All right. I'm getting it back. All right. So, ah, was he drunk? So was, he, was he drinking at the time? He's probably all high on his pot. Was <laughs> he, he all stoned? Before I, I knew it. I, is he the one that was chastising you so badly? He had some family over, and, and he got really proud. And, uh, well, I told... <sighs> I told my... Well, I told a family member about it, and they told another one... And then finally they said, okay, you have to tell your mom. And when I told her, she was crying. And and we went to the sons of the family of ours, who have always been there. And uh, they told, you know, they told her that he needs to go to AA. And he went to AA. He went to about one meeting, and he got his ass back. Oh, pardon me. He he got himself back in the house. And um, I was just so uncomfortable. And... um, for about a day and a half, he kept saying, "Oh, I, I blacked out. I didn't know what happened." And that may be true, but he is the one. He is but responsible. He can't honestly, say that he didn't do it. He look, and he did it, and part. it's responsible for his disease. He he is not responsible for being an alcoholic, but I, he's I responsible for the recovery. The disease, yeah. But, yeah, and he needs he needs to get in recovery. And you and your mom and the rest of your family needs to create consequences that require him to do something substantial about this disease and ha- or, else he, or else you're enabling him. Having a kilo between the box spring and the mattress is, is not help a guy who's and, trying and to that, recover, well, by I'm the way. I'm pretty sure that's, uh, look, that's, what, a, what, that's the step 12B. Right, and whatever your drug of choice is, whether it's pot or alcohol, it doesn't really matter. He needs to stop everything and he needs to get in a program. But you know, you know, you got to admire the, for, for, you know, for, for saying what the guy did. Ka- oh, no, Katie. I Katie mean, that's is great. Not, Katie is not... I mean, I'm sure Katie has a lot of issues that she needs to deal with, but Katie's not the big problem here. In fact, Katie sounds pretty well No, but I mean, together. a lot of people Give... wouldn't say boo. They Look, wouldn't... She's got a mother who's a terrible enabler, a terrible codependent. Dad's a raging alcoholic and a child abuser. Are you in and... school? Let's talk to Katie. All right, we're just uh, well, running gonna... out of time. But, but we'll, we'll get back to Katie, but just let me say something real fast. Isn't it um, interesting that they came in, they found 
condoms. Yeah, and they, condoms, and they, which are part of, by the way, uh, safe, responsible sex. Yeah. They pitch a fit. Yeah. Meanwhile, uh, they they got a, they're running a uh, opium den in their bedroom, and this guy's uh, feeling up the stepdaughter. Yeah. I was just gonna say, if uh, if she, it makes sense, you should just move out. But yeah, you know, I mean, yeah, I agree. I mean, with you. easy for I me agree. to say. No, no, I know. agree, Katie. Do you well, hear Bobcat? I'm working two jobs, and I'm going to college, and I can't afford college, I, so I'm staying here. Can't and they afford. Pay for it. Let me explain something, Katie. Bobcat, I've been to Bobcat's house. He has this whole downstairs like guest thing. They does nothing but smoke cigars and criticize other comedians. In you could move in. You know, I let tomorrow. you into the compound. <laughs> I let you into the compound, and then you you you, you know, you know that's but, it. You're you're banished from the rest of the. But Katie, wind. Katie, I, I I'm so sorry that that they abused you in this fashion for. Things that really were probably responsible and age appropriate. And you sound uh, like the only one with, his, with their head screwed on straight. And you need right. to get out of there, and you need to create consequences so this dad straightens up a little bit. And mom needs some a lot of work too. Maybe you can help her get better. Get us some codependency meetings. All right. When we come back, more with Bobcat, and we'll speak to uh, Shane, who's um, in the cockpit of an airplane that's currently going down over a major city. We just put it on. Now the Loveline Weather Report for the nation. Mostly neurotic throughout the southwest. There'll be some scattered indiscretions around the Great Salt Lake. Also overnight, partly chronic in parts of Virginia. The Loveline will be right back. So you've got a couple of minutes to go catch something. Buying a car can be a stressful experience, but True Car is changing car buying forever. Yes, True Car helps car buyers get rid of the fear that they might overpay. Last month, over 45,000 cars were sold by the True Car Certified Dealer Network. And TrueCar.com users save an average of $3,046 off MSRP. When you're ready to buy a car, just follow these three steps. Go to TrueCar.com. Find out what other people paid for the car you're looking for. Then register at TrueCar.com to see the upfront pricing information and lock in your savings. And the third step is simple. Just print out your True Car Savings Certificate and take it to the True Car Certified Dealer for a better, hassle-free car buying experience. Some features not available in all states. Every day, TrueCar.com users receive negotiation-free, guaranteed savings. Save time. Save money and never overpay. Visit TrueCar.com today. That's TrueCar.com. Hey, it's Chris Jericho. Download Talk is Jericho now to hear my interview with Rob Zombie. I hated the 80s. I hated everything about the 80s. All this, like the, the slasher films. Everything. I hate the horror movies. I hate the fashion. I hate the hair. <laughs> I hate the music. The 80s should have never happened for me. Download Talk is Jericho now at podcastone.com. That's podcastone.com. Yeah, boy. More Love Line, more Dr. Drew, more Adam Carolla, more Bobcat Stevens. And, uh... <laughs> Can I plug my thing tomorrow night on Comedy Central? Yes, Pulp Comic? Yes, yeah, to watch my uh, special, and uh, and uh, <sighs> I think it's okay. But, uh, you know, I hear you guys. I'm traveling around the heartland all the time, bringing my jokes to the good people. Right, right. And, uh, you know, I get quite depressed on the road. Right. And I listen, I, it's like hearing my friends, you know? I'm, I'm, in, I'm in Minnesota, I hear my friends in uh, Texas, 
I'm guessing, Washington, yeah. Sure. All, you know, and uh, just like I was, I remember I was very depressed, and then I, I, I tuned in the show, and uh, you had somebody guess my age at 60-something. <laughs> really hard not to, like, go for the guardrail at that point. Guardrail is looking tasty. Bob Cat, not only funny, but just one of the nicest guys uh, in yeah, the I'm show Yeah, I'm a prince. Yeah, he really is. So, yeah, he comes off a little abrasive. Uh, that's his persona, but that's he's really sweetheart so of a guy. you can help me, I'll burn that bridge. Saw the uh, special that uh, Bob so shamelessly plugged uh, 20 seconds ago last night at a special screening. Incredibly funny. Bob does. Here's what it is. It's a half-hour special, and Bob does stand-up sort of in the round. It's sort of MTV Unplugged. Yeah, yeah. Same uh, guy did the, the uh, produced that as the Unplugged guy. Oh, really? Yeah. Yeah, a lot of, lot of screwed-up teenagers on uh, throw pillows and things like that, and Bob's standing up but, there. But, you, know, you know, you cut to the audience shot. Right. But the cameramen were all honing in on all the hotties in the audience. Right. I mean, there was guys there, but when I went to cut the thing together, it, it just looks like, I don't know, it looks like the young ladies love Bobcat. <laughs> There's a one shot of, like, whatever. So Bob's up there doing the comedy in the round, and the way the special works is Bob goes off uh, on a little tangent or riff about a particular topic, and sets it up by doing, you know, two or three minutes of material on it, and then it cuts to a vignette with Bob as one of the characters in, in the topic he was talking about, and a couple other character actors actually doing the sketch sort of based on what he was talking about. So it's about half stand-up. It sounds hilarious the way you're describing it. <laughs> We're turning right in, Adam. It's it's half uh, stand-up and half sort of sketch comedy. And Daryl Hannah's in it. Daryl Hannah. Oh. I was very nervous when she was there very last hot. night watching it. And who uh, who else? Because she didn't know, like, in that scene that, uh, you know. Wait, 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 wait. She came to the screening? Yes. Yeah. And he was there? He yes. was on the other side of the room. He was looking at his shoes the whole time. He didn't climb over the seat? I right? thought, you know, I was even going to hook you guys up, like, you know, say, introduce you, but you looked like you were in pain. <laughs> <laughs> I was a little intimidated. I should have gave you a mic and a headset, then you would have went over there. Uh... Daryl's in it. He would ask yeah, who else. Oh, look oh at you. was anyone else in it? Eric Idle is in it. Oh yes, very funny of Monty Python fame. In, yeah, in bed. Don't, don't glaze over this. And Bob, how nervous. Bob you spends half here. the time in his underwear. By the way, I, I must uh, say, in my speedos. Yeah, yeah, right. you get to see a lot of me. <laughs> and uh, I had a light tarantula in, uh, in my pants. Yes, it's very funny. I put the tarantula in my pants, and the thing like went right in there the first take. Oh, did you really? Yeah, that's that... really my groin when the thing climbs into the pajama bottoms. Ooh. But I didn't have like a. Plan. You know, I was so interested in getting a shot, I really didn't think he was going to do it. And then when it did it, I, re you know, you know, the Wrangler was on the other side of the soundstage when he actually climbed yeah, through. Yeah, Bob did this one part where this, like, tarantula attacks him. It's a real tarantula, and it it's sits on, my face, on yeah. his face and starts crawling and actually doing dental work. You know, I couldn't get a, a, a friend. To, I'm just yanking, cut, and I'm yanking the, ripping the pajamas off. Did the tarantula live? Yes, the tarantula, yeah, you know, the tarantula was actually just rolled up on top of my sack in a little ball. Like nesting. I don't Did you know have to Taft Hartley the tarantula? Yeah, the, yeah. The his people it was really good because we kept them there. No, the the boom operator. She goes, if this tarantula gets killed during the filming, I'm walking off the show. <laughs> I'm going. Yeah, all right. More chicken up your end. You know, <laughs> you know. At lunch, I have no problem like getting on the uh, beef well, burrito. Well, on the on the evolutionary scale, a tarantula is much higher than only that, in let's Southern say, California. Cow. This thing I'm filming in Canada now. They have all these poor Canadian kids holding animals, and and uh, and uh, there's all these animals in this thing. And these animals are just pooing all over these kids. But because it's Canada, they don't even complain. I don't know what it is, you know. If that happened in L.A., they'd bring the cops in. Bob. I go to this kid, I go, hey, that sheep take a crap on you? And he goes, yeah, and it smells. <laughs> Bobcat Goldthwait is Noah. 
I'm working with children. Shane. I told you, have a pleasant experience. 19, you're on Loveline with Bobcat. Hi there, Adam, Drew, and Bobcat. Hey, how, how old do you think Bobcat is? Uh, 41 years 41. old. 41, all right. <laughs> Not a bad guess. What's your question, Shane? Hey, Adam, uh, I just wanted to tell you before I get started that uh, I saw you up in Minneapolis at Edgefest, and your corn chant was riveting. It was rocking, wasn't it? Oh, it was great. Hey, I did, felt it right then and there. How many times would you say I actually had to come out on stage? <laughs> uh, probably about 35 times. Right, and by the 33rd time, I was wising up, and I said to the guys at the, at the edge up there, I'm not going out. I'm not going out there again. And they go, get the F out there and bring out F and Iggy Pop. And I said, I'm not doing it. I'm tired. The people hate me. And they go, get out there and bring out Iggy. So Did that's, you talk to Iggy much? We had Iggy on the show, but let me tell you, when Iggy uh, gets ready for a gig, he is like he's, a fighter entering like the myself. ring. Yes, he is in a zone. I have no idea zone. what's going on. He, I, I cut my head open. I keep doing the show. Blew right past me, knocked me over, and just started right in. Oh, I was about to jump up there and beat him up when he did that. <sighs> I just felt bad for you. Thank you, really? Shane. <laughs> Shane, what can we do for you tonight? Come on, well, Iggy weighs um, about a buck. Uh, Friday night, my mom invited me for a uh, late Thanksgiving feast type thing. Anyway, there was alcohol there. When I got there, my mom was already drunk, and I came there right from work. Obviously, I hadn't had any alcohol or anything. Um, I started drinking when I got there. Things got a little escalated. Well, here's how it ended up. My uncle's holding one of my arms. My dad's holding the other. My mom's beating me in the face. Okay? Really? And, and yeah, I did. You guys Italian? Huh? Italian family? No. Okay. No, uh, and you're stone cold sober? No. Uh, no, I wasn't. I, like I say, I was drunk. And the thing that started, I tried to drive home. I was going to go drive home. And then I realized that I shouldn't drive, so I tossed my keys to him. And when I tossed it to him, um, I decided I was going to walk home. So they tackled me and just started beating on me. Well, the point is they called the cops on me. The cops had to pick me up. They didn't even take me to detox, even though my blood uh, alcohol level was over three times the legal limit, just because I had my head about me. Right. And uh, I, I got a minor consumption because I'm only 19 years old. Well, uh, the other day, or actually last night, I get a knock at my door after I've already filed assault charges on my mom for hitting me in the face, and the cops served me with a restraining order that says I can't see my little brother, my little sister, my mom, or my dad. This is an episode of Small Wonder, I yeah. think. Um, sounds Shit. like you got a great Christmas ahead of you. And by the way, of course, all <laughs> he mean, did. If you just get busted up for Thanksgiving, you're just going to get sodomized L for listen, Christmas. Listen to Shane. Santa's bringing you a penis. Listen to Shane's denial and uh, distortion of this. All he did was throw his keys I, and try to walk I off. I can't even no. hear this. This well, sounds okay. like a Goldthwait old-fashioned Christmas. <laughs> yeah. First off, I'm guessing he did not do the underhand hand lob of the keys. I'm guessing it was more that uh, I'm turning to... Uh, shortstop going over to the, over to the bag kind of throw. So your mom was just working out on your face, though. Well, I threw it right. I threw him right down on the ground. Yes. And uh, when I got the police report, my mom distorted everything to the point where she said I was threatening suicide. I cut my own fingers, which I have no cuts on my fingers. How do you know that? Shane, how do you know what you did? You're loaded. If someone's suicidal. How do you know what you did? You were loaded. Because I I remember, and I don't have any cuts on my fingers. Um, besides that. Uh, I don't know what to do because now I can't see my little brother or my little sister for a year because of this restraining order. Uh, all right, Shane, here's the real question. Yeah. Obviously, this was not the first time there's uh, been hijinks over at the uh, Shane household. Well, see, I went through 13 different families when I was a kid, and I only lived with my mom two years out of my life. So I really don't. Okay, well, Shane, I think mom's coming in the house. I think the Packers scored. Uh, hey, listen, uh, Shane, uh, are, you, uh, are you an alcoholic? 
No, I'm not. Yes, you I are. Once a month, if that. Shane, alcoholism is described as A, a family history, which you have. Yes, I do. And B, is continued use and progression in the face of adverse consequence. How much worse can the consequences be? And the only other thing you need to meet the criteria is denial, which we've heard you maintaining quite actively. You know, at least the, your problems is seeing your, uh, your siblings. Uh, why do you say that? Because it's like a freaking hockey game in that living room. Yeah. I mean, all right, Shane, let, let's right just... The right answer is let, look, work on Shane. Let's just backtrack for one second. You've been okay. with 13 different families. So you, um, you were born, <laughs> you were with your mom, and then she... She she what? Put you up for? Uh, she gave she had me when she was fourteen. Foster. My dad was never a part of my life. Uh. She gave me to different family members until I was twelve. Finally, uh -huh. when I moved back with her when I was twelve, she sent me to a foster home until I was eighteen. Right, mom is a mess. Okay, listen, yeah. hey, right. really, yeah. mom is a mess. All right, Shane, mom, right. Shane, you're an adult. You can you can you can choose to change, and and yeah, achieve some degree of health. In spite of all that you've been put and through. Yes, I'm guessing the family has a long history of uh, pain, uh, suffering, and insanity. And Shane, for a guy who's been through the ordeal that, that has been your life thus far, you sound relatively sane. Yeah. You, you need to stay away from all substances. Okay. And you need to basically throw, you need to like junk the family, at least temporarily, and just salvage yourself. And it's really it's one of these way. things where it's like, you know those movies where the person is trapped under a girder and they just yell, you know, Steve McQueen yells to uh, Ernest Borgnine, just get out, just save yourself. That's what you got to do. Stop trying to dig your mom out from under the girder. And the, this is your life, The best way Shane. you can do that, pal, is uh, go to AA. I mean, you get a sponsor, go to AA, develop a community there, get some support, and you yeah, but he, he says he's not a drunk. I mean, yeah, um, but he, he hasn't really thought about it before. Maybe tonight he'll begin to recognize Right, we got to go to break, but real fast. John. Yeah. I never thought you'd speak to Shakes the Clown on this show, did you? Your <laughs> next question. Uh, how old do you think Bobcat is? Uh, I don't know. Give me a guess. Um, we got time. 42. 42. All right. We're, we're going gonna to put you on hold, John. <laughs> and when we come back, we'll speak to Bob, John, Drew, and moi. Hi. Can I go now? Loveline's gonna be right back. Alright, play the name. Play the, play the name of the name. What's going on? Yes, the name. Hey, Steve Austin. Download the Steve Austin show to hear my guest, TNA wrestler. Cowboy James Storm got hit with a, a chair, and some bitch had it turned the wrong way. Mm. You know, the seat part that had the lip on it, the lip caught me right there and just split it wide open. Oh. And this old part was hanging down. You see my damn eyeball through it. So, yeah, I'm partially blind in, in, in my left eye right here. Download the Steve Austin Show now at podcastone.com. That's podcastone.com. Phone number 1-800-LOVE-191, fax number 310-854-4455. I'm Adam Carroll. That is Dr. Drew. Tonight, we're here with Bobcat Goldthwaite. Professional entertainer. 
Pulp Comics. Pulp Comics, Comedy Central tomorrow night. That's right. Uh, check your local listings. I have already seen an advance uh, preview of uh, Bob's work, and I can tell you it is nothing short of a... Uh, it's a, it's a, a cinematic triumph is what it is. <laughs> it's, it's, it's well, you saw the, uh, the controversial director's cut with the, uh, with the dildos in it. Oh, yeah. Oh, they cut that out? Uh, no, one of the dildo shots got cut out. Yeah, Bob chased this uh, guy around with a with a oh, vibrator. I'm not sure I want to know this. Oh, it's real highbrow stuff. But though. it's yeah, me. Indeed it is. <laughs> it's real. It's a lot of farting and dildos, a but lot it's of done tastefully. And dildos. It's not much different than the show. Uh, I got to be fair. There was no farting during the dildo scene. So let's be fair to Bobcat. Yeah, All right. that'd be over the top. So that is tomorrow night. And uh, John, yeah, what is your problem for us? You're 15. Um, it's kind of long. I'm sorry if I'm too nervous. I've never been on the radio before. Um, the problem is, um, there's this girl, uh, she, we're, we've been friends for a long time, for about three years now, I mean, I mean, two years. I just said, I'm catching my breath. I don't know, we were friends for a long time, and then we finally went out, and... How old is she? She's 14. Mm-hmm. Um... She said that she didn't feel right for me because I was, like, her best friend and stuff like that. I don't know. I just can't. Ever since she broke up with me, I just, it's been about, I don't know, six months now. You've been depressed? Yeah, I just can't keep my, I mean. But you, you never really were boyfriend and girlfriend. You just went out on a date. Yeah, we went out for about two months. But this, oh, really? Maybe, maybe, though, this is a uh, kind way to go through this terrible transition, that everybody gets to go through that loss of that first one. Yes. You know, he's, he's almost there. He's almost done it survived that loss of that first love. I mean, six months, eight months, it'll start settling down. He'll find somebody else. You know, he could have been 18 with a two-year relationship and have a, gone through the miserable thing that maybe Adam went through. Oh, thank you for bringing that up, Drew. Thank you for helping me relive that pain. Yes, I did not have a serious relationship until I was about 20. And then when I broke up at that point, and see, what Drew is saying is hopefully... You have yourself a couple of bad relationships, uh, a handful between the age of like 15 and 18, and you sort of, uh, it's like, a, you know, that, that adage where you put the uh, frog in the uh, pot of water and you turn, the, uh, you turn the heat up slowly. Yeah. Yeah, True. exactly. You never heard that? No, what the hell are you talking no, about? No, I don't know it either. All right, you take, here's the, the adage, and it, it's not really apropos, but here's the deal. If you take a boiling pot of water and you throw a frog in it, the frog jumps right out and is uh, screaming like a like a mad frog, like that WWWWB <laughs> frog, the, the Michigan J frog. Right, right. If you put if you put the frog in the pot while the water's cold, and then you just turn the heat up slowly, 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 it sort of acclimates itself, and it doesn't even notice that it's being cooked. Oh it's amazing God. the healing that's going on here. She's oh, <laughs> really helping that kid. <laughs> All right, so the situation is, is what, what Drew's saying is, is it's good that you got your first minor one out of the way. There'll be other minor ones, and then the major one will hit in your early 20s, but you'll be prepared at that point because you'll be so bitter, yeah, so, so much scar tissue will have formed. There's no light at the end of the tunnel. When I'm sure when you're right. 15 years That's old, right. this is the girl for you. And I'm sure you're thinking about how, what your kids are going to look like. And right. Yeah. Yeah, you know. But I, we've all had it. Bob, you've had it, right? Uh, no. Well, it was a guy, but you had it. Yeah. Right? I mean, emotionally. I, I still yeah, write my right. gym teacher. <laughs> if, um, 
it, you know what? Uh, you can't. It's gonna hurt forever, you know. And then eventually it'll go away. Uh, it doesn't help. It's not gonna. I'm not gonna help when you. you by, tell yourself, Bob. Yeah. Well, coach him to get back in with his peers. I'm gonna, you know, I can tell you that. You know. Uh, you know. Five years from now, this will seem uh, silly to you. Trivial, yeah. Not but, even five years. After you get involved with your next relationship, which is probably six months away, you'll be glad. Yeah, I mean, it's easy for me to say this, but I I'm just saying, like, if you already hooked up with somebody at this age, I'm sure you're going to have a lot of interesting relationships. Right. And, uh, and, uh, and you're certainly not a loser, and you're probably uh, going to be... I don't know about that. Uh, yeah, you're not. You just feel like one, right? Yeah, Do not waller in your own pity. Yeah. If you're 15 years old and you could convince a dame to be your girlfriend for two months, uh, you would have gotten the belt in my high school. You would have been the champion. Uh, listen to this, though. It's not just that. Everything's messed up. Like, in school, I, 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 I don't know if they're going to kick me out or not, send me to a different school, because I was getting in trouble. Uh, what's the other thing? I just have... I don't know. My mom's weird. She's a Jehovah Witness. Oh, she all right. She says I'm going to die and stuff. Should have started with that one. Oh. All right. What are you doing in school? Uh, I'm, like, in this little class thing for, like, retarded kids called Opportunity. There's a lot of smart kids in there for it, but I don't know. My school's, like, in some rich town. The Opportunity to Eat Paste. You know, uh, Listen, John, I'm, I'm sorry. I'm saying Go that you're going to become a radio personality is my guess. Yeah, or yeah, run, that's run how, the radio station. That's how I started, yes. John. Uh, or a, a comedian. Make a big coil pot like Adam did. John, yes. Nice, Become Drew. a ceramic nice, major Drew. like I like. Takes like it all right, right to the poo. <laughs> no, he wasn't. <laughs> yeah, all right, John. John, listen. Here's the deal. Things are a little tough right now to, to you know, and that would not be, uh, that is a uh, under-exaggeration. All right? Also, he's really, truly depressed. Right. That's, we're making light of this. All right. Bit. Do not screw up the rest of your life because you're depressed about the relationship. And, but he's, he's, he's prone to depression because of all this other crap going on in his life. I mean, he all has right. very all little right. else to hang but on I'll to. For, I'll forget about it, and then I'll come back. Uh, and she's still my best friend. Uh, we still do stuff together. Well, you need All another right. best friend. Yeah, you can't hang out with her. Yeah, he, he needs to go on hiatus You need her. to connect with some other people. Listen, you know, smell the coffee. You're dangerously getting thrown out of special ed. Right. That should be a uh, that should be red flag number one. <laughs> when I was in junior high, I was in the uh, in PE. I was in the donkey squad. <laughs> What's that mean? Mr. Walters uh, was uh, the farmer who, who ran the donkey squad. I was the guy, you, you see, when I went to junior high, I went to Walter Reed Junior High out here in the valley, and things were pretty regimented. As a matter of fact, junior high uh, PE was sort of like a mini, mini sort of military. It was really like ROTC. You had to stand in a straight line with your hands at your side, and you had to wear the uniform and the shorts and all that. I either couldn't afford the uniform or lost the uniform or whatever. And what I would do is I would wear other people's uniforms because everyone had a locker partner and somebody's partner would be absent. So I'd go out there with a shirt that said Goldfarb or Mendoza on the front of it. And uh, one time then they yelled at me, you know, boxer shorts hanging out of the trunks. And one time what... what ultimately got me into the donkey squad as I came out in a pair of uh, corduroys and uh, Mr. Walters yelled at me to go back into the gym locker room and put on some trunks so I came running back out with the trunks over the corduroys oh. which uh, did not go over real good with Mr. Walter so he used what to were you thinking? I was just goofing off I had a sense he was of going humor. for the laugh <laughs> I was going for the sight gag I suck so bad in uh, gym I remember uh, having uh, getting uh, me my best friend Tom Kenny who's on Mr. Show I've known him since I was six really? yeah and uh, uh, Tom and I uh, there was a girl who had a hook arm 
and uh, and she was picked before us uh, in dodgeball. Who actually would puncture the utility yeah, ball when yeah. she caught and, it. Yeah, and Tom's ego thought, oh, we suck, we're losers. And I thought, oh, they feel bad for her. Always, <laughs> always right. trying to put a positive spin. You give him hooks, he makes hook aid. All right. Uh, anyway, the donkey squad went like this. It was it was it was minus points. So it would be four off donkey, and then I'd be but Mr. Walters eight off donkey. Yeah, but I wasn't with the shorts. Twelve off and back to the corral. <laughs> I'd actually sit in a corral. All right. Yeah, we helped him. Yeah, that yeah that helped to my uh, for my emotional stability, don't, Mr. Don't Walters. Don't see that girl anymore. That's supposed to be allegedly your best friend. Yes. Put a little more effort into hanging around her pals, and uh, and uh, she ain't coming back. Listen, Forget her. do what I did. Hang out with loser buddies that are more pathetic than even you. Laura, 14, you're on Loveline. And I appreciate you coming <laughs> over to my house. Hey, what's up? Hey. Um, I've got a problem because, like, my boyfriend or whatever, we've been, like, going for seven months. And how old like, is he? 14. And you're 14. And how old's Bobcat? Um, I think he's 39. 39. All right, very, very wise, very educated. And, um, like, so he's, I guess, ready to have sex, and I don't know if I am. If and you don't know I if don't, you are, you aren't. You I are. don't, I don't think that, like, I mean, I like him, I've liked him, I've, I've known him for seven years now, and I've gotten to know him, he's one of my, he was one of my best friends. What do you think is going to happen in this relationship? Well, I don't know. I'm what do you not, think? What's your, what's your hope for the relationship? I hope it's going to last because it's lasted seven months so with our Last how long? What? Last how long? Um, maybe a year and a half, two years. So you, you don't have a fantasy that you're going to marry this guy? Well, I, I wish that, yeah, you but I don't think that. it's ever going to happen. Okay. I mean, you understand that at your age, that really just doesn't happen. No. How many, how many married couples do you know met when they were In 14? In Kentucky sometimes. Well, my parents did, but... When they were 14? Your parents met when they were 14? Yeah, when they were, um... No, they met when they were... Oh. But when did they become a couple? Are they on the other side of the trailer? When they were 12. When they were 12? Yeah. And are they still together? Yeah. All right. That is uh, either they're okay, both you... the most dedicated people in the world or both the most pathetic people in the world. I haven't figured it out yet. And they may be 26 right now, too. How yeah. old are they? They're about 50. Oh. Uh, and they got together when they were 12. All right. I'm guessing you have 14 brothers and sisters. No. How many? One brother. What the hell is going on with this world, Drew? Well, my mom can't have children. Oh, okay. All right. So, they all got right. together when they were 12, and they've stayed together ever since? Yeah. Well, that's that's wonderful. All right, Very so, uh, Laura, you're not ready. You're 14. You know you're not ready. You, this relationship probably isn't going to last as you realistically look at it. So, don't do it. Most 14-year-olds, when they decide to have sex, have a fantasy that this is a relationship that's going to last forever. You at least are realistic enough to look at this and realize that it's not going to last forever, and that's helping you make the decision not to have sex. And, so, and you're not ready. Don't do it. Drew, your approach is if they call and ask if, if they should have sex, then they shouldn't have sex. Yeah. All right, so... Um, and if they, even if they decide they should have it, they shouldn't have it if they're 14. Okay, so if you have to ask uh, how much, you shouldn't be in the brothel. Is that what you're saying, Drew? It's right. enough of a reason not to. All right, all right. When we come back, uh, more gambling with uh, Bobcat and uh, more guessing on his age. Going out. Look at the out of town scoreboard. Wow, what the hell are they on about tonight? As usual, I have no idea. Why are those young people in bed? Go to bed. Love line. We'll be right back. All right, going out.
On the film ball, Brian, I feel like we take care of our listeners. It's not easy for people to make it out to the movies. They got kids, they got work, and uh, making out to the movies isn't always these things. So you know what we did this week? This week on the film ball, we got you covered. Top five streaming now movies. Movies you can stream on the old Netflix, go stream online, and uh, watch on the comfort of your own home. That's ten movies, at least, that we have covered for you this week that you can watch now that uh, get the green light from Brian and I. Good movies, unequivocally good. You'll enjoy them this week on the Film Vault. Over at Podcast One. That's O-N-E. Dot com. Hi, I'm Jerry Springer, and you're listening to Love Line with Adam Carolla and Dr. Drew. Yes. That didn't sound like Mike Ness. (laughs) Phone number. (laughs) I took my daughter out to see Social D. Oh, you did? Yeah. We just had them in. Nice guys. Yeah. Yeah, real nice, nice guys. Figure out to see Social D and the Super Suckers and uh, who else? Oh, Southern Culture on the Skids. Yeah, how, how was that show? She's nine, you know. <laughs> I didn't want to think of a hardcore show. Is that show. your oldest kid? No, no, I got my son, but he's uh, he's 14. He's yeah. more of a gangster rapper. Oh. He's my homie G. Oh, my. <laughs> he's, uh, he doesn't go in for this uh, this crazy punk rock. And uh, how would you like the shows? Well, these are, you know, I mean, these are the bands that I listen to. So she's like going, Dad, uh, you know, she's begging me to go to take her to the uh, Sex Pistols. She's going, Dad, but they're never going to tour again. I'm going, you know, baby, it's a bar, man. I can't sneak you in, you know. <laughs> so. Phone number 1-800-LOVE-191. Fax number 310. What was your favorite part of the show? I think it was meeting the Super Suckers. They were really nice. <laughs> she's saying it back. Well, she'll... It doesn't mean nothing to you. But... I didn't take her to Fog Hat. Yeah, listen, uh, was Foghat in town? Yeah, yeah, you know, I got some Procoharm tickets. Oh, no, don't even tease, don't tease. All right, more Bobcat, more Drew, more me, back in ten seconds. This is Loveline on Radio Station. 92.1 KFMA, Green Valley, Tucson. More Love Line with Bobcat Goldweight, who has a uh, special coming up on Comedy Central tomorrow night. Check your local listings. It's called Pulp Fiction. I've seen it. Pulp it's, Fiction. Pulp uh, Comics. Pulp <laughs> Comics. Well, come on. How many times is I going to say without slipping the fiction in? Very funny. I, I give it a big thumbs up. A big Love Line endorsement. You, you couldn't even talk straight last night. Oh, what happened? No, it was the whole Daryl Hannah thing. Yeah, he yeah. Was, you know, I really thought he'd like say hello at least. She's quite striking. I, I got to tell you. Yeah, if you go in for that kind of thing. Yeah, the real leggy blondes. <laughs> I, for, for about, I was really close to asking her to come on to the radio show. Uh-huh, uh-huh. I really should have done it. Has yeah. that ever worked? No. That's actually the kiss of death. As soon as you walk up to these people, he, he walks up to anybody and asks them that. Yeah. Are you got, what's his name on from uh, Entertainment Tonight? Oh, John Tesh. John Tesh. Yeah, yeah. so yeah. I have that, that kind of star power. Yeah. <laughs> Jeez, really? You guys got John Tesh? Wow. Yeah, oh yeah, I know them all. Not just you, Bob. All right. Uh, oh, wait a minute. I don't want to talk to Matt. I want to talk to uh, Mike, the composer of the uh, Loveline uh, Boobville anthem. Mike? Dr. Drew, great right. talking to you. Thank you. I think your uh, show is just great. It's a, it's so entertaining and informative, and it's a, it was an honor to write the Boobville theme. Well, Mike, you're quite a uh, accomplished guitar player. There's no doubt about that. And, uh, hey, you mind if I uh, plug the places where I give the lessons at? Uh, all right, well, I'll tell you what. Well, let's hear if the song sucks. Yeah, let's let's hear the song. Sure. And we'll see what Bobcat thinks. This is the official uh, Boobville anthem. Great. Right. <laughs> 
guitar stylings of Mike Miller. Hey. Mike, were you singing as well on that? Uh, yes, I was. Did it, everything. It uh, it moved Bob. It yeah, that's that fascinating. Moved as in number two? Or? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, that kind of leads to my next question here. Yes. Um, you know, since I just moved here to uh, Mesa, Arizona, um, I was kind of looking for a band and need a singer. And I thought either uh, you or Bob would uh, sound pretty good, though. No, that's right. We'll uh, pull, pull up stakes and move out to Mesa to start a garage band with you. Yes, yes. Let me tell you something. Bobcat is a big celebrity. He's doing this um, non-union thing in Canada. He's got a lot of things going on. He did the whole uh, shakes thing and, of course, the police academy. Uh, I mean, <laughs> got that boat short David Hasselhoff. All right, Mike, give yourself a quick plug, and then we're getting ready. Okay, over here at Mesa, I'm giving bass and guitar lessons at Music Go Round and Brindles. So I need some Christmas money. Come on down and get some lessons. All right, Mike. All right, thanks, hey, Mike. Thanks a lot, and I appreciate you playing it. Thanks yeah, for the yeah, tape. Yeah. Keep rocking, Cece. <laughs> Steph, 18, you're on Love Line. Hi. Steph, how old do you think Bobcat is? I don't know, 50. 50s? 50 what? Fifty what? Uh, I don't know. That's it. Well, you know, it's between one and ten, so go ahead. Fifty what? Fifty. I don't know. All right, that's it. Well, no, no, she's depressed. Let's talk. <laughs> All right, I just want, I just want a number. Adam the healer. I don't know what the callers are. You understand? Steph, give me a number. Fifty what? Fifty-seven. Fifty-seven. All right. Great. What's your question? <laughs> um, I just found out like a few weeks ago that I was pregnant, and. Um, my mom and dad kind of, well, my mom's really happy about it, but my dad's, like, disgusted in it, and, um, it's really affecting the way my boyfriend feels about them. You're going to get married to your boyfriend? Well, that's what my dad wants, and what do you want? he feels like my dad's pressuring us. The boyfriend feels like that? Yeah. How old is he? He's 21. What do you want to do? Um, I don't know. <laughs> if you had your wish, what would you want to do? Um, I don't know. But, I don't know. We get along really good, and I didn't think it would work out, but he just wants my mom and dad to stay out of it. Yeah, but, Steph, what would you want? Forget what your boyfriend wants. What would you want? I want to be with him. You want to get married. Is that right? No, not yet. All right, well, what's your question? Um, I don't know what to do. I don't know. All right, uh, you're pregnant. 
your your dad's pressuring you, your boyfriend's a little ambivalent, you're ambivalent, and everyone's confused, and you're depressed. All right, uh, how's your life? How's your life been besides the pregnancy? Um, Everything's uh, hunky dory. Yeah. You graduated high school. Yeah. You you have yourself uh, some ambitions, some hopes, some dreams. Yeah, my mom still wants me to go to school, but All right. well, the problem really is that my dad uh, he's just keeps trying to you know I don't know he's really I don't know. Step, I don't know what we can help you with. I, I would, one suggestion is you might look upon the well-being of the child if you plan to have this child and think about getting married, forming a family, and focus in that direction. You sound very confused and very depressed. Uh, at least you have a connection with your mom. Maybe you can sit down and talk to her about what your options are. Uh, you know, this, this is it's not a great position to be in at this point in your life, but you might you might find some a way out by thinking about the well-being of the child. All right. Now I'm putting a, uh, a urgent plea out to the Loveline listeners. Yes, urgent plea. I want the uh, penis caught in the Cuisinart questions. I want the uh, I fell asleep and a, um, a, a, a hamster crawled into my sleeping bag questions. I want the bizarre. I want the occult. I, uh, I, Are you I, talking after hours or? Yes, the awake. I do not want the people who have been sucking off ether rag, uh, taking Valium and washing it down with a fifth of Jack. I, I feel very sorry for the callers that we've had tonight. We've had a lot of uh, young ladies and young men in difficult situations. But I'm ready to kill myself at this point. <laughs> I want some older, screwed up people that are hyped up. You understand? And Drew, stop picking these downer calls. Read them. You'll see what I'm got to select. <laughs> All right, screener, stop giving us downer calls. People, I, I want happy calls. I want bizarre calls. You want happy problems? I want people with like uh, an arm growing out of their uh, their genitalia. That's what I want. What the hell word is this, Cindy? Hi. Hey. Hi, Cindy. What 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 the hell is wrong with you? Everything. You're 21. How old's Bobcat? Um, I don't know, 53? 53, oh, okay, okay that's, that's good. really close. Yeah, you get warm. What the hell? Wait, what? Do you even know who I am? No. Oh, okay, good. Well, at least that's not... <laughs> I have a really weird situation. Okay, first of all, 53. I've been with my boyfriend for three years. Are you sure you can count it as three years? I'm not impressed with this 53-year-old guest. <laughs> what? Your math skills aren't wowing me. Okay, so you got a boyfriend three years. What's the problem? Okay, well, first of all, we don't get along, and he's kind of, well, he's an alcoholic, right? Lose him! It's, it's a little harder than that. I mean, we... Lose him! Are you going to listen to me? No! You've alienated me with that 53-year-old guest. Senility has crept in. Lose him! I just crapped myself! I want to go outside! Cindy, what's the complication? Lose him! Okay, well, basically, about six months ago, I got pregnant... Okay, and he made me think that everything was going to be okay and we were going to have it, right? Mm -hmm. And then he told me, well, if you have it, I'm going to leave you. And then the next day he tells me, well, we're going to have it. And I had to go to the hospital. And he told me, okay, you know, we'll have it. Everything's okay. Next day, him and his dad talk and says, well, you have to get an abortion. Anyways, they talked me into it. <laughs> it, 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 it. It's six months? No, I'm saying it happened six months oh, ago. Okay, oh. how far along were you? Oh, like six weeks. Oh, okay. His anyway. dad shouldn't have any opinion with your uterus, first of all. It's it's a really weird situation. And it's no coincidence that uterus starts with you. 
Yes, it is. <laughs> okay, that's uh, my next bumper sticker. If we learned anything tonight. <laughs> All right, so Cindy, what, what's the real problem? The real problem is is basically he's an alcoholic. You know, I kind of like blame him for. I don't blame him, but for the abortion. Yeah. Okay. And not to mention, I mean, we we have no more sex, and okay. And now his friends are starting to come around, and they're saying he's really kind of a jerk, and. Now I'm starting to what, what, what is with you, Cindy, that you put up with this kind of abuse? What, what, what has your life been like? Why would you choose to accept this as a facsimile of a relationship? And we know there's something wrong with him. We will not argue with you on that matter. Right, right. And listen, this nation is uh, chock full of a-holes that are alcoholics, that are abusive, that are forcing women to do things they don't want to do. There's prisons filled with these guys. There's, there's junior colleges filled with these people. I went to Valley Junior College. I understand what goes on there. Uh, there's one on every corner. Don't so just the casually co drop that. I've already <laughs> been impressed. <laughs> this close to my AA. The, the question is, is what... Are you women doing hooking up with these guys, not what are these guys doing out there? Well, no, but see, listen, okay, it gets a little stickier. Okay, I've been hanging out with his friend, right? He tells no, me to listen. Wait, no, forget it. I, I don't want to hear more about the chaos and the drama. I want to know what it is about her life. Sandy, I want to know what it is about your life that has allowed you to, uh, required you to, to be in this position. All right, Cindy, mm -hmm. don't answer because I smell another gambling opportunity. All right? No, All right, I, no, no, no. Okay, don't yeah. answer. All right. Um, have you been in other abusive relationships very quickly? Yeah. Okay. Okay, good. All right. All right. Hold on. We're putting you on hold. Good. Good. Listen to you. I'm down for five alcoholic parents. All right. Hold on a second. That was Drew. Now, wait a minute. And Drew, don't give me crap about saying good when she said she was in other abusive relationships because on the last call, when he found out the girl was felt up by her stepdad, you held your hands up like you're holding the freaking Stanley Cup over your head, for Christ's sake. Okay, Don't give me that crap. Drew, what do you got? You got a dollar? Len yeah, Bob like had a dollar. I'm going to go to Vegas with you. Oh, that was that was what I was going to have. All right, let's lend Bobcat a dollar. What do you Give mean? Me. I got ten bucks. Well, All right, but we don't, have, we don't have change. This is a half a cigar. Can you make change? No. Oh, All right, I'm in for a dollar. Right, God, I hope Bobcat. you guys oh, get on TV so there's some more money involved <laughs> coming down here. All right, listen, we'll, we'll worry about the change. You're in double or nothing with your last pot, right, Drew? Oh, Jesus, looking sweet. Engineer Mike, you want some of this action? Want this? All right, listen. No. All right. Bobcat, you're going with parents or alcohol? Alcoholic parents. Both parents are alcoholics. Yeah. Where's yeah, you can get that. We right. just say, like, dad, alcoholic dad. Dad's alcoholic and physically abusive. Mm. Dad's alcoholic and physically. Is he in the picture? Doesn't matter. No, yeah, he's around. He's around. Yeah. All right, I'm saying uh, dad is out of the picture. Alcoholic, both parents. Both mom, dad. Right. Alcoholic, both parents, Drew? Just dad. Dad, dad and is physically and abusive. And physically abusive. I'm going with physically abusive, alcoholic, but gone. Possibly deceased. All right. Uh, pretty what's... sweet pot there. Yeah. Cindy. Before you answer this, do you want a piece of this? Cindy? What? All right. What, what's, the, what's the situation with the family? Oh, my grandparents raised me. Okay. Mm. All right. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Things are, <laughs> yeah, yeah, wait, wait. Things are still... Things... I guess we're going to let it ride. Uh, where's mom and dad? Um, um, they're, they're around, but there's nothing. It's not them. Any alcoholism? No. No alcoholism? Yeah. Any physical abuse? No. Do they ever have wine with dinner? No. Okay. Not even at the Seder? No. Okay. It's a push. Communion? It's a push. The pot stays. All right. So why then are you seeking out these 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 relationships, these horribly... If caring's a crime, <laughs> they should arrest all three of us right now. These horribly abusive relationships, Cindy. Well, 
Well, it's it's not bad. It's just I know I know that the situation is bad, and the reason why I'm calling is maybe you could tell me why it's bad. Well, it, it's a disaster. It's abusive. You need to get out immediately. And and hook up with another loser. And do not try but, to fix is, this guy. That would be my second bet. Do you understand? You could spend a lifetime trying to fix this guy. You have to cut your losses. Okay. That's it. You need to find people that aren't abusive. You're not attracted to guys who'll treat you right. You have to figure out why it is you're not attracted to guys who treat you right. Sort that out and then go back into the dating pool and get with the people who you should be with. You're only attracted to the guys who are and, screwed and up and abuse you. Where the hell are your you. parents? I mean, it's, it's to say I was no, I had no abuse. I mean, it's abusive for parents to abandon their children. All right, Drew's and just a, trying to get his money back. Abandonment issues don't arise. Abandonment issues can be quite profound, Cindy. And, uh, you know, this is, it, it is, it is a, a form of abuse that your parents have put you through. That yes, it's called here. neglect. Yeah, no, yeah. Sean, 24, you're on Loveline. Hello. John. Hey, Sean, how you doing? What's up? Oh, howdy. Um, how old's Bobcat? This is old Grandpa Goldblade here. How old's Bobcat? Oh, I can tell you how old he is. He's 24 also, because we went to the same school, and uh, we, we were in a gang together for a little bit. Uh, <laughs> All right. <laughs> really? All right. You were... <laughs> you All ran... right. Hello, crazy. You ran with the wussies? <laughs> My gang? No, it was bikes. We didn't have to run. The, uh, <laughs> the, the big pusses? You remember <laughs> the flaming pusses? <laughs> All right, Sean, what's your question? Well, actually, I had two. One of them is kind of biological. And the first question is, um, is there anything, well, I know that, like, Zoloft and Prozac and all this stuff has this effect, but I was wondering if there's anything you can do, like, medically or otherwise to uh, last longer, so to say, if you know what I mean. You no, know, I mean, you mean no, on the earth? No, I mean, <laughs> would, would you take something like Zoloft or Paxil to cause you to last longer? No, I'm saying, are there things you can do, whether it's, it's, it's like, you know, drinking coffee or not drinking coffee or anything like that, in order to have more... Um, uh, endurance or that kind of thing. You mean to not um, uh, ejaculate so quickly? Exactly. Right. Why, right. Did, why did you ask something um, in relation to Zoloft? Oh, because I know that that that, that um, is one of the ways that that helps. With that. It's a side effect sometimes of a medicine. It's not a reason to prescribe that medicine. Oh, right, right. Yeah, I understand that. Yeah. I am uh, going with my uh, pat answer here, which is a uh, poster of the Hey Vern guy <laughs> on the bedroom ceiling. <laughs> Oh, I see. Yes, that'll add at least uh, at least ten minutes to uh, the uh, sexual encounter. What's part two of your question? Oh, well, part two is um, well, I'm I'm in D.C. and I've I'm, I've been a stand-up here for about three years, or maybe four years. And the the question for for uh, Mr. Bobcat over there is that uh, a lot of the clubs here have been closing down lately, and I was getting ready to feature at a club. Uh, here and then they closed down before I was able to do that. Hey, which club was it? Comedy Cafe. Oh. And um, that's on K Street in D. Yeah, no, I just thought it might have been a club that charged me after I played there. That charged you? <laughs> yeah, for damages. Oh. Okay. <laughs> uh, whatever. So, well, they issue. closed down in one piece, but I was wondering, I mean, is it time for me to, like, to, is it time for somebody in that position, like, to, to like, call an agent or time to, like, call, like, clubs in Atlantic City? You know or, what? They're, they're going to call you. You know what I'm saying? Well, that's the thing. Like all the clubs around here have been closing. You so should I'm, you should really move to a, a city that that has a lot of clubs. You know, um, you know something like Boston or San Francisco. Uh huh. I mean that's that's uh, you know that's my advice to the young kids with the comedy. Uh, just move. Just get up and move. Well, I mean you know I, I moved out of the house when I was eighteen to go do stand up. Mm -hmm. So I mean I started when I was fifteen. 
Right. But, uh, yeah, I mean, if that's really what you want to do. Because, I mean, I'm concerned that... that I he mean, he did the first the police, uh, police academy while he was still in his mother's womb. Yeah. <laughs> it was a shot on sonogram. A lot of that was. It was really damn trying to fuck Bubba Smith up there. Uh, <laughs> and the boom mic was hell on mom. Oh, it was. Yeah. Uh, I got to tell you. All right, Sean. Yes. I would hang up the phone immediately because they're probably trying to get through. Uh, the George Schlatter is probably <laughs> trying to get through at this very moment. Well, I've got a call waiting. So I'm not, All right, not go ready. to a city where there's some club life and just get up there and pay your dues. And if you're good, uh, they will find you. And uh, comedy world needs more premature ejaculators. That's all I can say. Robert, 31, you're on Love Line with Bobcat. Hey, how you doing, Bob? I'm living that dream, man. Hell yes, way to go. Hell, Hell yes, where you calling from? I'm calling from Coolidge, Arizona. How old would you say Bobcat is? Oh, I say he's about... Uh, 48. 48. All right, Very all right. educated. What's your question for us, Robert? Well, I have this girl I know. She's approximately around 26. Right now, she's in the county jail. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and, um... <laughs> <laughs> so I want to hear it, Bob. I don't want to hear it. No, no. You sound like a lucky man. Yeah. Well, something like so what that. could be wrong? Well, I don't know how to ask her out. She's... <laughs> all right. She ain't going out. I, yeah. got, I got news for you. You need to go to the... No, no. She's going to be out here real soon. Oh, okay. She's planning a break, or? No, no. She's going to be getting out permanently, you know. She, she is Chain your... gang, or she'll be out? Uh, she is your girlfriend? Out. Well, she's not my girlfriend yet, but I want to ask her out. Okay. And I don't know how to really ask her. All right. Uh, Bob has done a lot of dating within the penal system, and when we come back, we will <laughs> give you... Hold on, Robert. We will give you uh, tips on uh, dating felons. Love, love. Stretched. 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 Love line. We'll be right back. So leave a message at the beep. My name is Paul Shirley. And I am Justin Halpern. Together, we do a podcast called Short Corner. It is a podcast about the NBA, but it's not the same as every boring podcast you hear about the NBA. Paul, you played in the NBA. Yeah, three different teams in the NBA, a lot of teams everywhere else. And Justin is a comedy writer. That may not seem like a logical pairing, but together we make magic about the NBA. So come listen to us and find us at podcastone.com backslash short corner and let us make love to your ears. Yeah. Hi, this is Mike Ness from Social Distortion, and you're enduring the love line with Adam Carolla and Dr. Drew. All right. All right. First take, nailed it. Take one. <laughs> that would have been take one. Hey, oh, Engineer Mike, could you tighten those up just a little bit? I like what you did, Mike. That's good. Now let's just have fun with it. Just go again. Phone number 1-800-LOVE-191. Fax number 310-854-4455. I'm Adam Carolla. This is Dr. Drew. And that is Bobcat Goldthwait, who will be in Pulp Comics tomorrow night. Comedy Central. Comedy Central. Check uh, your local And here listings. in uh, Los Angeles, I'm on the uh, new K-Rock uh, Christmas album. Oh, yes. Oh, God. <laughs> and Bobcat and I are the poster children for this. That, this is really why well, I brought it weird. up. Weird. They, uh, they, uh, in the L.A. Times, they ran a photo of me and Drew. Adam, I'm just saying, smell the coffee. For the uh, see the writing on the wall. For the people who are not uh, privy to the uh, Los Angeles airwaves, uh, each year the uh, morning show here at the mother station K Rock puts out a uh, really really good uh, comedy CD. Uh, par- pardon me, comedy cassette. 
and uh, Bobcat's on it each year, and I do some stuff on it. And this year, uh, Drew sort of snuck in the back door and did a little thing. And uh, they did a write-up in the Times about it, and there was a picture of Bobcat, and there was a picture of Drew. And let me tell you something. No one did less than Dr. Drew yes, on this. Yes, that is true. Uh, and then I would probably be the second place at doing less. Right. But, hey, hey, whatever. That's showbiz. The boys are pretty, and uh, they want to move some papers, so that's the way it works. That's how it works. All right. When we left off, we're talking to Robert, who's... Oh, we're uh, still talking about the guy? 31. He's working up the courage to ask out a, a chick who's in jail. Right. All righty. What, what is she doing time for? Well, she, she went and um, got in trouble before, and she was on probation. It was called probation violation. All right. Hold on a second. Let's just... Uh, I'm going to talk about a stupid yard without you listening. This is the most retarded, idiotic response. We get this all the time. What is the person in prison for? Probation violation. All right. (laughs) We got that much. Yeah. What was the crime that they committed that actually put them on probation? I think that's what we're getting at when we ask. It's not what are they in prison for this time. It's more of a general question. I guess guess an even more oblique answer would be, well, the judge sentenced them. Same. Yeah. We want to know. Do they rape? Do they murder? What is it that they do? What is the crime? What is the crime du jour? Robert. Oh, you don't know. You don't know. No, and I don't really what is that care. Music? She what killed is her that last music? Louis boyfriend. <laughs> He's gone from Chuck E. Cheese or a circus den or something. You, uh, you playing the uh, player piano over there at Shakey's, Robert? <laughs> no, I ain't nowhere near that place. What is that? What is that noise in the background? Oh, that's my brother. He's playing um, uh, Mario Three. All right. Okay. All so right. you're living with your brother. You're 31. Pretty heady crowd over there. You hey, we're party animals. What are you talking about? Yeah, grr, grr. So uh, this woman's going to get out of jail and you want to hook up. Yeah. How did you meet her? Well, through a mutual friend. You know, uh-huh, if the you guard? Guys, please, no. <laughs> please procreate as soon as possible. Yes, it's important that you guys I have offspring. I hope you and uh, this lovely lady start pounding out kids immediately. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. Wow. All right. So All right. Dave's not here, man. Robert, when does she get out? Uh, she'll be getting out here, uh, like, January. Uh-huh. Is it that teardrop tattoo that turns you on? No, it's just the way her... She is. She's one of those girls that you just can't help falling in love with. Well, yeah, she's a regular Doris Day. <laughs> you something close to that. Okay. Uh, Robert, you want to know how to ask her out? Right. Listen, she hasn't seen a man in uh, God knows how many years. Don't worry. She'll be game. And, and people will not be uh, pounding down her uh, apartment door to get at her. That's all this. Uh, hey, a lot yeah, of... How do you ask anybody out? Right? I mean, that's the question. Right. How do you ask a girl out? You, uh, you uh, give, get her a bundle of roses, put a file in it, and ask her out. That's it. Uh, all right. And you should have no, a, no trouble having uh, sex with her while she's in those restraints. I, uh, and remember, <laughs> yeah... How do you ask, girl? Freeze! <laughs> Mona, 25, you're on Love Line with Bobcat. Hi, Adam. Hi, Bobcat. Hi, Dr. Drew. How Mona. old do you think Bobcat is? Oh, gosh. 42. 42. I will give his actual age out at the end of the show. Yeah, a lot of people really care. <laughs> That's called Why a Why do teaser. people think I'm that old? Shh. Don't ruin it. All Wait. right. What, 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 what the hell is wrong with you? Oh, there's nothing wrong with me. What's your okay, question? What's your problem? <laughs> Um, I don't date very often, and when I do date, I always want to date somebody if I think it's going to go somewhere. Other than that, it's just a waste of time to me. Right. Um, I would love to find a long-term relationship, but I can't find anyone who has the looks that I'm looking for and the quality and personality that I'm looking for. What look is that? The not-fat look? Well, I want somebody who I can walk down the street with and not go, oh, my God, this is my boyfriend, and try to hide his face when I'm walking down the road. So you don't need a great-looking guy. You well, just... I want somebody who's equivalent in looks as I am. Uh huh. 
And my well, friends say that I need to lower my standards, and I feel like... Right, because they got to look at you. <laughs> Mona. She didn't know if you slammed her there. <laughs> uh? it, was an, it was like a, an inquisitive laugh. Yeah. <laughs> Mona, what would you say you look like? Um... Extremely attractive. Oh, really? Right. Yeah. Really? Yeah. Okay. You're yeah. fat. No, <laughs> True, I'm please. That was uncalled for. And uh, you want to find an attractive man? Someone who is equivalent in looks, yes. Uh-huh. And, and he has to have a good personality? Right, or? which is a rarity. You can't find a good-looking guy, nine cases out of ten, that has a personality that... Well, I'm sitting fun. across two guys right here that not only have looks, but cooks. <laughs> we got it all. All right, so... You're in a different state, though, so you do me no good. Mona, listen, you're putting a lot of pressure on these guys and yourself and the whole dating process. Do you understand? Yeah. You can't go in with these sort of uh, preconceived notions. Find a guy. If the chemistry's right, go out with him. Don't go, uh, don't go in, you know, prodding, feeling the guy out, trying to get answers to questions on the first date. Just uh, enjoy your uh, surf and turf. Give him a little tongue action and make another date at the end. And, and, and That's also, all. You're, you're focused on things that I think are going to be less important to you as you get older. I mean, you're focused on things, that, something you're calling personality, which I suspect is more like what, you know, what they do for a living. And no, actually, it's not materialistic whatsoever. All right, but it, you're, you're, you know, you're not worried about a genuine emotional connection with a person, which is where you're really going to find some... But that, that is what I'm worried about. I, I am worried about that emotional But then you wouldn't be so wor as, as worried about the, something you're calling personality and their physical appearance. I mean, that, that stuff would be sort of... You would, you would have sort of... It would be important to you, but it wouldn't be the, the sole criteria you would use to make a relationship. Right, but to me, I, I feel, and I mean, I maybe I'm wrong, and maybe this is why my friends say I need to lower my standards, but I feel as if in order to have a guy that I want to keep around on a regular basis, they have to meet the certain criteria. There has to be a sexual attraction there within the looks. I mean, that's what gets you to speak to someone in the first place. Mona, do your friends set you up? No, I won't let them. Why? They, they have bad taste as far as I'm concerned. And here's the deal, though. If your friends consistently set you up with ugly people, it's time to take a good long look in the mirror because that's how your friends are sizing you up physically. Well, I've never been set up, but All people right. know that because I know I'm picky and they know that... I think you're afraid of closeness. Yes, you, you run from intimacy. I really think that's your problem. Really? Yes. Uh, well, what do I know? I'm a bar comic, for Christ's sake. Describe yourself physically, if you would, just uh, for our own amusement. All right. Your <laughs> nose is way up in the air. Um, long blonde hair, uh -huh. 123 pounds, uh -huh. I'm 36, 26, 34. Uh -huh. I'm a good figure, nice build. I'm a dancer. Well, um, uh, uh, which which kind of dancer? Ballet, modern, or tap? Uh, topless. Oh, hey, what a shock. <laughs> I was going to bet tap. But... Yeah, I was going to say jazz. Yeah. Interpretive. <laughs> hey, listen, uh, hula was what I was going to say. You know, uh, you're not hooking up with the guys at work, are you? No, I. that's me. I have the morals, and I will not do that. There's no reason for me to date somebody within my club. It, right. You know, you don't sleep where you work. Right, right. And um, <laughs> Mona, yes. although I did get a you piece of You don't get a lot of watch. tips. Mona, do you do you like the guys who wear, uh, let's say, the suede vest with no shirt underneath? No. That's not your kind of guy? No, I like a GQ, so, well-dressed okay. business look. All right, Mona, i got to be quite honest. You, you sound like a real ball buster. You really do. Okay. And, and, oh, and a little bit of a pain in the, in the rump as, as well. I am. You're, you're, you're pushing too hard, you're thinking too hard, and you're planning too far in advance. And, and, relax and, and a little. I, I, get a, I get a spooky feeling that she's just so detached emotionally that there's something. I'm going for the wallet, Drew. 
Uh, what do you, uh, Drew, you're going out on something here? You're up a buck. I'm not quite sure what it is yet. She is a topless dancer. Right. You have theories about that, Drew. Yeah, but I'm not sure it's that here. There's just something that something's funny about it. I, I don't know what the feeling is I'm getting. Yes, you're, you're sort of detached, and what you're doing is you're breaking the dating thing down into a science, which is what detached people do, instead of just feeling the vibe and going with the flow. Okay, maybe I'm not catching on here. What do you mean by... What, what I'm saying that? is, is, is uh, what Drew's saying is, is he, he feels like um, you're sort of on the outside looking in at the whole... Yeah, uh, you're, you're not connected to your emotions. You're like, your emotions are, are hidden away somewhere, hurt. And, uh, Come on, guys. We don't have this much time for a stripper. <laughs> I do. All right, Mona. I'm not, I'm not belittling the craft at all, but I'm just saying, uh, you know. I, all right, Bobcat's right. Suddenly you got all the time in the world when she says she drops the laundry for a living. All of a sudden, she gets a 20-minute chunk. She, suddenly she's got the comedy special on, on Comedy Central tomorrow night. I'll tell you, she's topless, I'd tune in. Uh, although Bob is topless yeah, and practically bottomless yeah, in most of the, the thing, which I, I just found almost repugnant. Uh, hey, hey, hey. All right, Mona. I had to give something for the ladies. Here's the, here's the thing. Just feel it out. Take your time and stop going in with all these uh, preconceived notions. Mike, 33, you're on Loveline. Hey, guys. How are all y'all doing? Good. Good. This is my issue. How old's um, Bobcat? Uh, 33. Mm, you're screwing with the curve, baby. Yeah! Alright, what's your question? Okay, I'm, I'm 33, and I've been... You know, we got all the time you need. <laughs> okay. Whatever your problem is, just Um, I've been, uh, a marijuana user for about 17 years, and I've just recently quit. And I need to know what I can look forward to. What's, uh, over the next couple months well, or what have you is this going to do to me uh, it, reality it, yeah, yeah. It, it's going it, it, you're going to get depressed and you're probably already depressed that's usually what happens with marijuana. well see that's one of the reasons i've called because i expected that to happen and it hasn't yet it takes about six months for that to often develop Oof. but but i but i wonder why did you stop i was bored with it it just got to it, it, it wasn't was, working anymore it was well it was more yeah it was more trouble than it was worth how about how is your memory were you Fine. No, no, you didn't find yourself forgetting where you put your car keys more often than usual? No, I've been doing that since I was, you know, really young. So. Oh, well, that's, that's what I'm talking about. Guys, you're smoking a fatty no, every I, day uh, for 17 years. Yeah. No, I, uh, and, uh, I, it's more the van keys, by the way, how too. Your, how have your moods been? <laughs> oh, pretty stable, generally. You haven't been irritable or? No, not really. Okay. All right, uh, you're well, fine. But may, well, yeah, generally the most irritated I get is at my cat, so... <laughs> well, maybe you will be uh, okay. You may escape the slight mood disturbances. Typically, it's very unusual for somebody that's been dependent on marijuana for that long to stop without treatment, without switching to something else or going back to marijuana. So I would expect that if you do escape the mood disturbances, you will see this or some other substance again, uh, unless you get some kind of treatment. Go to MA. And we'll be back. This is a test. Okay. Love line will be where? New, New York. No, you idiot. Hey. Love line will be right back. Um, me. I'll do that if you don't mind.
Phone number for Loveline, 1-800-LOVE-191. Fax number 310-854-4455. I'm Adam Carroll. That is Dr. Drew. Tonight, we're honored to have the great Bobcat Goldthwaite in the studio. He has something coming up on Comedy Central, a special tomorrow night called Pulp Comics. It's a half hour. I saw it last night. I saw the director's cut. <laughs> it was, uh, I, I laughed. I cried. I, I broke wind. It, it was, it yeah, was yeah. amazing. Mostly you scratched your head. <laughs> so, uh, uh, that's lice more than it, more than it is oh, my curious yeah, nature. perplexed. No, it was uh, nothing short of brilliant. And uh, tomorrow night we have uh, comedian Robert Schimmel in here, and then uh, Wild Colonials, and the next week Corn, Fiona Apple, Mike Judge, Garbage, all the big names coming by to pay us a visit here on Loveline, and all because of one person, the Angular One producer, Ann. And let me tell you something. A lot of people. She's not listening, Adam. Oh, she's not. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right, let's screw that then. Okay, no. <laughs> let's move on. Jam fifteen, you're on Loveline. Hey. Um. <laughs> I like, okay, huh. at my school, everyone kind of thinks that J- I'm gay. Jam, how old do you think uh, Bob is? We want a gay perspective. Okay. Um, I'll give him, I know, I, I love you, Bobcat. I really have to tell you that. You're my favorite. I think he's like 35. Ooh, jeez, it's getting dangerously low. It's really hurting the Yeah, curve. yeah. Oh, I was really going well at 57, 53, 48. In the last 33 and 35. Well, that guy from, uh, that, what was it, 60? Well, never mind. Uh, uh, how old are you? I'm 15. You're 15. All right, so a lot of people at school think you're weird? Well, gay. Oh, gay. Yeah. All right. So, I mean, I do don't... You, do you think you're gay? I mean, do you... No. No, I don't think I'm gay. Right. Does your penis think you're gay? Because that can be problems. I don't know. It right. doesn't. Put him on. We'll get to the bottom of this. <laughs> oh, well, wait a minute. I'll tell you, with that laugh, <laughs> that's a Tommy Toon laugh. Um, but, I, I mean, I don't know. I don't know what to, like, to do about it. I mean, I don't. All right. Listen, champ. I got gay friends. I know the gays. Let me explain. You got to butch it yeah, up. Yeah, speak for the entire gay community now. <laughs> <laughs> and the mouthpiece for the gay alliance. You got to butch it up. You know what I mean? Uh-huh. Go, go to school with a six-pack next time and a black eye. <laughs> Talk about how much you hate. Uh, what you do is you pick your uh, favorite uh, ethnicity or minority group and talk about how much you hate them. Well, you understand? I already do that. Okay, that's good. Uh, don't refer to women as uh, gals or uh, chicks, but go more hoes, broads, or bitches. <laughs> you understand? Yeah. And uh, well, kick in your locker real good. We don't have lockers. All right, well, kick in someone else's locker. Oh, you know, what do you guys have? We have nothing. We have backpacks. Okay, the backpack is a tip-off. Don't go with the backpack. Go with, like, a duffel bag. A fanny pack. <laughs> no, no. Someone's going to pack the fanny if he wears yeah. a fanny pack. Listen, you go with a duffel bag like the old Spice Man. Are you getting teased, or, or, or are you a popular guy? Well, everyone knows who I am, basically. Right. Yeah. Jam the gay guy. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> That's how your name's written on the screen here. <laughs> That's what it says in the yearbook, Jam. <laughs> no, it won't, because I'm wearing the yearbook now. <laughs> um, ah. But, I mean, everyone knows who I am, but, I mean, it's kind of like, I don't know. All right. Jam, do you have a girlfriend? Um, I just kind of got out of a relationship, a year-long relationship with, you know. Mm-hmm. With your right hand? No, not with my right hand. Okay. I actually don't do that very often. Really? Yes. Yeah. Okay. 
um, with uh, one of my... Uh, Adam, you feel it okay? Yeah, I, right now, at this point, I can't relate to you. I was kind of in your corner. I was, But uh, look at, uh, you know, I don't know. I think I got every vowel sound at least that time. Yeah, you sometimes, why? Got a little Leno in there, too. <laughs> so, don't want it there. You gay or what? <laughs> um... Look, it's none of their business, whatever you are, anyways. And uh, I just, uh, you know, hopefully you're a popular guy. And uh, if, uh, I don't know, I, I, I don't know. I, I just hope you're not getting teased and all that. Well, that's like, I mean, yeah, I mean, there's certain people who do it. And then, like, there was this girl at my school that I really liked, okay? And I told one of my friends this. And, well, he told this other guy, and this other guy purposely made a made me look like a faggot in front of this girl and so now she used to like me but she doesn't even want to talk to me now all right jam that is between you and her and you know you know what you are whatever it is and if you're gay that's fine and if you're not that's fine but it, let me tell you the high Start school and junior high experience absolutely is all, all about making fun of whoever you can and uh you make fun of, you know i was a buck tooth brillo head and uh Drew over but there. But you really blossomed. Look at start a band. You think, uh, I don't know, I bet you a lot of guys are eating crow who went to school with Morrissey, you know? But yeah, but, <laughs> shouldn't have been kicking his ass. But, Bob, you had a uh, tough, you know, childhood, didn't you? Well, no, not really. My father's the president of show business, and uh, he, what are you? <laughs> but you started doing stand-up when you were 15, so you must have been sort of tortured. Yeah, but I was goofy, you know? I mean, I was, so that's where he had me, but when he started. He didn't masturbate a lot. That's why I, I couldn't. Oh, now, what if Adam was okay? Usually, he just is all over that sort of comment. Yeah. Well, every every. But you know the weird thing is, like every kid that got outed in my class, you know, would get teased for being gay. They all ended up being, you know. Uh, I didn't want to bring that up in front of Jam, but yes, all the guys we thought were gay turn out to be gay. Yeah, and you're like going, like I'm going, wow. That, you know, it was just like you know, well, that, that makes some sense though, and not so much in terms of how you all stereotype the kids, but in, in, oh, oh, in I, why are you saying I, I was defending them? But in relation to how difficult Bob was one of the guys who was outed. In relation to how difficult it is for young people to accept their identity and their sexual orientation can I be had very a guy, painful and in a lot of depression. A I had a guy go, would you stop picking on him? Right, you know, smash gut. 15 years later, I'm on a play. There's Dave sashaying down the uh, runway. He's the, he's my flight attendant. And really? Like, oh, could you have been a little more cliche? You know, maybe maybe if you were in Cats. Maybe that would have just made it a little less cliche. He wasn't rearranging any of the chairs. He's like, it? oh, yeah, you always stuck up for me. And I'm going, but you're so gay. You know? I mean, I don't mind. It is true. All the guys you thought were gay in high school are gay, except for Jam. Brian, 16, you're on Loveline. Hey. How old's Bobcat? Bobcat's not a day over 35. Oh, jeez. I'm really going to stop asking. What's your question? Yeah. Um, all right. Uh, let's see. Last Monday, I had a party at my house. And um, there was this girl here that has had a crush on me for the past year, about. And we were both really drunk, and we started fooling around. And we went pretty far. And I, like, told her that I cared about her and all this stuff, which I don't. Right. I was just, like, wondering how I could, you know, like, tell her that I was just, I don't know. Yeah. Just tell her that that's not the way I feel. Did you sleep with her? <sighs> just about. All right, but, but not technically. Not technically. Okay, so in the eyes of the law, you did not violate her that way. Okay. Okay. Uh, here's the situation. Uh, she, uh, you say, was infatuated with you for a year? 
Yeah. Yeah, this is tough. This is really one of the cruelest things uh, a guy can do to a girl. I'm sure it makes Brian feel a lot better now. <laughs> yeah. All right. But the point is, is that... Thanks for calling! Uh, the, the damage has been done. Brian has a conscience, and he's going to straighten things out with her. Here's the important thing, Brian. It's all about uh, her fragile ego. You cannot make it seem like you're not with her because you don't find her attractive or because she's not a good person or anything like that. Okay. What you need to do, and I know it's a tough, uh, it's a tough sell, but you need to explain to her somehow in the same breath that she's the most beautiful, kind-hearted, courageous person you've ever met, and you don't want to be with her. Um, it's gonna be so hard. It's because tough because it, it, after you make that kind of connection, it's more about actions than it is about words. Okay. Let's start pounding around with jam, <laughs> and uh, maybe it'll be easy on both of you. Okay. Now, listen, Brian, be, be kind to her. All but right. be direct with her and be firm with her. Tough love. Because you don't want her to waste another year of her life chasing you around. I also got to say that, uh, Bobcat, I loved you in uh, One Crazy Summer. Well, thank you. That was a uh, that was a that John Candy thing. Uh, no, that was a it was a silent picture I made early in my career. If we're no. going by the ages, people, I guess. Yeah, no, yeah, that was uh, with uh, d that guy. Yeah, it was John Cusack and Demi Moore. I doubt very highly it's on their resume anymore. <laughs> it's number two on mine, but I'm sure, uh, I'm sure they kind of uh, buried it. Commercials. No, no, we got time for another call here. Um... Becky and Deidre. Yes. <laughs> All right, uh, Double Mint Twins, how old do you think Bobcat is? Um, 39. 39, and uh, Becky? No, that was Becky. All right. Deidre. 43. Oh, for sake. All right, for combined total of 72. <laughs> uh, I'm putting that down. What's your question? Um, well, we're best friends. And we have been for a while. And a couple years ago... We started getting intimate with each other, mm -hmm. and we're bisexual, mm -hmm. we think, and yeah, go on. Um, <laughs> we both have relationships, but we're interested in women also, and well, there's no pure gay clubs around here, but there's this one dance club that we go to where there's everybody, gay men, gay women, bisexual men, bisexual women, straight people. And we want to pick up women. Right. But when we go to this club, we never know who's straight, who's not. All right. Listen, and if they're at this club, they're at least open. They're not going to be offended if you ask. Well, a couple of them, we've got to come back and party with us. Uh-huh. Are we talking about a, a lesbian threesome? Um, whatever. Yeah. Really? So yeah. you two aren't enough for each other sexually. You need a third. Oh, I have a feeling we're going an extra hour. Yeah, suddenly <laughs> Adam's got all the time yeah. in the world. Put these young ladies on hold, Adam. You can talk to them. All we just don't know what to say to them. I mean, how do you bring something? Like well, that you know, up? I think like if you're going to a club uh, with someone else, then there's two of you, so people will probably already think you're hooked up. Well, no, we go in the club with like you know groups of friends go to that club together, but like, and we take our men too, right? Uh huh. And why? Do you ever have orgies? Not yet. Threesomes at the most. Uh, is there a guy in the threesome? Well, yeah, yeah. usually. And we'd like to try it without. Someone's got to anchor the threesome. 
Oh, we'll do fine. All right, so you've had threesomes with three girls. Right. No, I have. I haven't. Okay, and you've had threesomes with two of you and a guy. Uh-huh. Right. Uh-huh, and he's uh, buried under the floorboards as we speak. No, Look at that. I can barely form a sentence. All right, and you're, you're looking to... You're, all right, so the guys you don't have to worry about, right? Right. That's yeah, right. you can find them anywhere. I mean, go to a church and find a guy who's up for a threesome. All right, but the girls, you want to know if they're lesbian or not. All right, listen. You guys don't need us. Absolutely not. Like, the thing is, like, we'll, we'll walk up and we'll start dancing, each of us on either side of a girl, and I think she gets scared. All right, listen. Becky Deidre? Mm-hmm. You, if you're at this club and everything's open sexually and there's straight people and there's gay people and the lesbians and, and everything under the sun, chances are you're going to run into someone who's open or you're going to run into someone who's loaded enough just to go back and experiment. You should have no difficulty. All right? All right. Use a condom. Dental dams. <laughs> Dental dams. What the hell are they going to do with a condom, bro? Oh, they did the threesome. All right. All right. Uh, Bobcat Goldthwaite's got himself a uh, special coming up, and we'll talk more about that when we come back. Thank you very much for coming in uh, tomorrow night. Comedy Central. Look for uh, your local listings. All right. Now, listen. We got a little bet here. We got a pot, and we got to break it up. So let's just go with one more call. Tracy. Hi. We've all written down a number. We're guessing what you're going to guess Bobcat's age is. I will give his actual age after uh, you give the guess. What? How old is Bobcat Goldthwaite? 37. Oh. Okay. Oh, Drew oh. with the 38. I gave the 42 and Bob. Uh, <laughs> All right, Drew takes uh. the pot. All right, Tracy. Yeah. We have no time for you. Okay. Thank you. Thanks for me. Bobcat <laughs> Goldthwaite's actual age is 34 years old. Got started in comedy at age 15 and was basically out of material at 22. Thank you very much. <laughs> He'll be on uh, warming over some material tomorrow yeah, night. <laughs> some uh, Skylab jokes and uh, my whole uh, Billy Carter and uh, Mood Ring material. All of that will be... Uh, hey, and what about this pacer? All right. I uh, want to thank everyone who deserves to be thanked tonight. Everyone did a great job. And until tomorrow night, I'm Adam Kroll for Dr. Drew saying mahalo. Who's him? You've been listening to Loveline. The opinions expressed on Loveline, especially by Adam Carolla, are not necessarily those of the staff, management, or sponsors. Or even the character voices. Loveline, produced by Anne Logan. Who's Westwood One Entertainment. Copyright. This concludes another PodcastOne.com program.